And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Buongiorno, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Fighting Fit Show. Today it is myself and Christopher. Hello, Chris. What's up? The topic of today's podcast is going to be a beginner's guide to moving like a pro. So Chris is going to be taking the lead today. He is the more of an expert on this area than I am. I am a mobility neglector. I am ashamed to say, but we're hopefully going to learn a couple of things from Chris today that we can we can use to implement to be more mobile, have better posture, and move like a pro. So Chris, I'll let you take it away. Okay, so um, when you're trying to move your body in general, you want to move from your spine out. Okay, uh, your spine is the center of the movement, uh, and all of your movements originate from there. So, um, your spine is connected to your brain; it goes all the way down, and then all your extremities come out. And your nerves spread out from your spinal cord. So, it's important to make sure that that is in the right place when you go to start moving. So, your spine does a few different things. Uh, see if you can bring up the pictures there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, basically flexes and extends. That's where you, flexion is where you bend over and you round your back. Extension is where you stick your chest out, you lean right back, and then it laterally flexes, it flexes to the side, and then it flexes to the other side, and it also rotates in both directions as well. And there's a little different joints to it, but in general, all you want to know is that your uh, spine needs to be stable for the majority of movements. Then, once you're done stabilizing your spine and making sure that is in the correct position, uh, you need to organize your secondary or your primary joints, okay? So the primary joints are your shoulders and your hips and they basically are your ball and socket joints but the shoulder is a little bit more complicated than that it's a lot more complicated the way you want to think of your shoulder is you've got your your main body here your thorax your rib cage all that sort of stuff and you've got your shoulder joint or your shoulder girdle basically sitting on top of that and a lot of people when they think about their shoulder they think of it as just basically the top of their arm connected to their uh, chest or their back or their shoulder or whatever but your shoulder is um, basically your shoulder blade and this whole little triangle put together and your scapula and your shoulder um, are intrinsically linked and if you don't have good scapular mobility you're not going to have good shoulder mobility so uh, as you can see there your shoulder does a few different things it flexes it extends it abducts and it adducts um, and then it internally rotates and it externally rotates so most people uh, because in the Western world anyway, they will have excessive internal rotation. So that means that their shoulders will be rolled forward like this here and their T-spine as well, instead of it being straight, it will be flexed and that causes you into this sort of rounded posture. So before you do any main movements, what you really want to do is you want to make sure that your spine is straight and that you can create this thing called torque in the shoulder joint. And that's basically use external rotation to get torque in your shoulders. Now, 
before you even think about uh, moving your shoulders, though, you need to set your shoulder blades. And your shoulder blades are a key part in basically shoulder stability. So your shoulder is this thing called a tension-seeking joint. It will look for tension in one of three places to produce force. So your shoulders will produce tension uh, or they'll look for tension where your shoulders are rounded and forward and they'll lock here and then you'll try and produce force from here. This is not a good place uh, to push from and can lead to injuries and will wear away at the shoulder. Um, it will also look for tension up here and forward as well. And it will also look for tension back and down. The place that you want to keep your shoulders from most movements is back and down. You want to keep your shoulder blades nice and tight together and stable so that when you go to push, they don't separate or that they do separate with conscious intention where they can glide or retract and protract with your arms. Um, but what you don't want them to do is to slide and dump up uh, here when you go to produce force from it because that's where all the little wibbly wobblies come in and where you get little injuries and niggles into the tendons and all that go in and around your shoulder. So to help stabilize your shoulder blades and um, get good at retracting and depressing, you can do that with um, TRX um, scap pulls. You can do it with dead hang scap pulls. Um, but once you have them retracted, you want to learn how to externally rotate. So external rotation is where um, you basically rotate your wrist behind your body like this here. And when you do that, you'll feel all the external rotators uh, switch on and lock in. So if you want to do it right now, sit up nice and tall, pull your shoulder blades together, all right? Pull your shoulders down, pin your elbows to your, the sides of your ribcage, point your thumbs up and then just rotate your thumbs so they point out. And then try and get your thumbs behind your back and you'll switch on all of those external rotators. And then once you have that, relax your arms and that's the position that your shoulders should be in when we're doing any sort of movements. Now, if it feels really awkward and uncomfortable, I would suggest that you have too much internal rotation and not enough strength in external rotation. There's a couple of things that you can do to help strengthen external rotation. So one easy one is to get one of those little mini loop bands, put it around your wrist, elbows tight, and then separate it out. So like this here, and you'll feel all the external rotators switch on and you want them stable while you move through that motion. So if someone has a lot of issues with doing press-ups, let's say, and this, we see too much um, internal rotation, too much wobbling as they're doing it. One of the things I'll do to help create stability is I'll put the wrists in one of those straps, get them to roll their shoulders down their back and push out and then press forward and back as they uh, keep externally rotating. And that'll help create some stability. And then I'll get them to do that as well, even overhead. And a lot of times you're like, the, the facial expressions they make is like, oh crap, you know, little muscles here are burning and working like they've never worked before. So um, shoulder stability is really, really important. And external rotation is one of those key factors in um, stabilizing the shoulders. So after that, uh, you also have internal rotation of the shoulder. And internal rotation is the opposite. So that's where you turn your uh, elbows down. And a lot of people with stuff that comes behind your back and shoulder, um, shoulder extension um people have trouble with internal rotation in their shoulder and when they when they do that and their shoulder gets overly internally rotated stuff can snap and twig and all that sort of stuff so what you want to do to strengthen it is you basically want to get like a tennis ball in your hand pull your arm out to your side like this here roll your shoulder down your back and then bring it all the way down push past the point where you think you can just squeeze switch it on you'll feel the internal rotator switching on and then come back into external rotation and twist down 
and twist up. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty gnarly when you do it. You'll find out that most of those muscles are pretty weak and you're not very, very strong in them. Now, also with the scapula, um, your traps and your back muscles play a big role in that. And there's a few exercises that can help you build strength in your scapula and your external rotators. And uh, those three exercises are your YTW raises. So the Y, they're named these because um, they basically, they're the positions you make with your arms. So the Y raise, you bring your arms into a Y and pull them up behind your head, squeeze, and then you control down and you squeeze and control down. And then the T raise, you turn your thumbs back and then you open up, squeeze, and control down and squeeze. You can do this with one or two kg uh, dumbbells, okay? So again, you can see uh, the bottom middle there, they're coming up into that Y position. As you do it, your shoulders should come back and down. Um, and then you got the W. The W is where you basically make a W with your hand and we pull back like this here, okay? So your elbows are down by your sides. You're trying to get your wrists behind your shoulders and you're switching on all of those muscles between the shoulder blades, squeezing and then controlling down. And the thing with this here is a lot of the adaptations that you'll get from this are literally just from coordination because you've never done them before and you don't really know how to. So when you do it the first time, it'll be kind of awkward. But if you do three sets of 15 to 20 and you introduce that movement pattern, well, then that moving pattern becomes normal and easy. And then you start to load it up and then it becomes robust. So instead of it being just like a normal thing, it gets strong. And then once your shoulder blades are nice and strong and stable, the risk of injury for them goes way, way, way down and you get stronger, which is really cool. Okay, that's cool. And then come here, just to, so, and then I know there's one more image you've sent me over here, which is the, the, the pelvis, but maybe just before we go on to that, because I know you've kind of went through a lot, maybe we'll go through the, the so, hips next. Yeah, we still have the hips next. next. Yeah, but kind of as we kind of go back through here, so obviously we've initially kind of talked about the spine, kind of bending yes. and flexing, etc. Um, and then we've kind of talked about kind of, you know, the, the limbs, the, the shoulder girdle, essentially, that's connected to the to the torso. What do you feel like are the, you know, the, like how, first off, how common is this? Because I know I'm someone that has internally rotated shoulders and, and kyphotic um, in, my, in my thoracic spine. Um, like how common do you feel like these things are? Like how often do you see them on the gym floor? And or what would be the, you know, the one or two simple tips that you'd recommend people kind of start to do to see, you know, uh, improvements relatively quickly in their, in their shoulders. OK, so uh, I feel like it's more common than not. So I feel like more than 50 percent of people have these issues. Um, I'd say some people depend on their age and their job and how much they spend sitting, how much time they spend sitting. I think it varies on that degree. But I think the vast majority of people that, that we coach when they first sign up, like they're excessively internally rotated um, and their external rotation is not strong. They're injury prone and even getting their arms overhead is really tough. Like they'll go like this here because their lats are really tight or their shoulders are really weak. And, or they might not even, they might not have done that, done this in ages. They might not have fully reached up over the head in ages. So the muscles are tight and the coordination for it just isn't there. And mm. one of the best things that I think for improving that is to hang to hang off a bar just hang off a bar move through your shoulder blades and you'll feel the stretch anyone who is tightening their shoulders or tightening their arms you hang off the bar for 10 seconds like you'll feel where you're weak and you'll feel where it's stretching straight away um so that's that's what i would say if you don't have much time to do anything get good at hanging off a bar hanging if you can yeah, yeah. I, I i've heard that as well that like that's like the the best bang for your buck uh, thing to do in terms of shoulder health um, would you agree with that? Yeah, 
hang up from the ball. Like, okay. Yeah, we're, we're monkeys at the end of the day, like we really are. Like that's where we originated from. And a lot of the anatomy and a lot of the evolutionary traits that we have there are still there. Like we're really good at hanging from our hands. Like we're really, really good at that. And um, we've got whole kinetic chains for like swinging and stuff like that. There's a, if you want to see what humans are really capable of in terms of movement, uh, just look up like um, animal flows and stuff like that there. You'll see some crazy stuff, like really, really advanced animal flows. You'll see that like the human body is capable of loads of different stuff when it knows what it can do. And uh, yeah, it can be really impressive. It, or mm-hmm. actually even better than that, just look up any breakdance videos on YouTube and you'll see like the capacity that our body has for all these mad oil shapes and to be strong in all these different positions. It's a, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, no, humans are, humans are insane. Even just think they came to mind there was like, even just like, you know, uh, for really good shoulder strength, like um, the rings, male and female rings in the Olympics um, is just exceptional, oh, gymnastics in general. Yeah, it's, it's great. Joe, you know, I was actually watching a video on that the other day. And one of the things that I've seen, you know, we're, we're coaching people to do a false grip to help get their ring muscle ups and stuff like that there. What they will do is see when they're in like their full T pose or something like that there. They will open their hands like flat like this here um, and spread it completely to show that they're not using the false grip. So the false grip is where you basically leverage on your wrist joint, but mm. it's it. And they, to show that they're not doing that and that they're pressing from their hands instead of their wrist because it's easier from here, they'll go to their hands like this here and then they'll open their hands like wide to show that they're not using a false grip, which is just crazy. Oh. Oh. Um, so yeah. Doesn't seem the gymnastics, gymna- actually, as well. If you want to get real strong with your shoulders uh, and wrists and elbows as well, I'd say recommend practicing handstands, uh, being upside down in your hands and then to push. So, hanging would be one, and then the opposing one for that, just to keep everything clean, would be uh, practicing handstands or wall walks or even just like down dogs, putting weight onto your hands in the opposite direction for scapular depression, elevation, and that. Um, and is there any danger of reinforcing bad poor movement patterns by doing these things incorrectly? By doing doing handstands poorly doing you know yeah yeah no there are there are there is especially if um if you you can do so like just real, all the stuff that we're saying if you do all of this stuff where your shoulders rounded forward and just constantly round so render your shoulders forward like this here and then reach your arms overhead and pretend imagine you have to hang from this position yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're gonna do some damage the same if you're trying to press overhead in that position so like um scapular movement is really really important so if you are going to do this make sure that you're trying to roll your shoulders back and down uh, there is obviously regressions and progressions to each one of these so if someone was re- had really really bad um, shoulder mobility especially for that overhead position one of the first things I would get them to do is to go to a wall put their hands against the wall like they're about to be you know, frisked or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh, hands against the wall and then to shoot their hips right back and drop their head down and to see how far they can get with that and again three sets of 15 to 20 reps going as low as they can and then tr- once they get as low as they can try and bring the scapula into it where they squeeze together and slide down their back and they'll feel that compression between the shoulder blades and then they'll come back out into full uh, flexion and then drop down again and trying to increase the range of motion with every rep um, I think that is one of the best ways to start uh, teaching your body a good position for your shoulders okay cool and then obviously remember guys anybody listening that wants to kind of go through this a lot of this stuff is kind of quite personal and i feel like you do need a lot of um feedback from maybe someone that knows what they're doing as somebody who personally kind of struggles with this type of stuff mobility 
um, I kind of feel like there just is such a big benefit to maybe doing some one-on-one because when somebody puts their, because I feel like for me and for a lot of people, the problem is that people don't really know what the proper position feels like. So sometimes you need to be adjusted into the position so you can actually feel it because people don't even know really what they're what they're looking for. Um, and again, Chris, uh, Brandon also, um, but especially Chris are obviously very, very good at this. They've helped a lot of people with these issues over the last little while. So, you know, I would strongly encourage if it is a big, big problem of yours, you know, uh, you know, a couple of PT sessions um, will really accelerate your, your development uh, and improving these things because you know, then the line, like, you know, the, you're, you're going to increase your risk of injury. You know, one of the things that I would say as well, is like having someone to watch it or someone to give you feedback from the outside is like invaluable because everyone has like default motor patterns and the first thing like when i tell someone to to stand up straight and pull their shoulders back and she'll get into good posture the first thing they say is that feels weird you know this feels weird this is it feels unnatural that's one of the phrases that i just kind of take out of your head and shoot it all right because it's like it doesn't help you at all that idea because it's it's a new movement it feels different actually something i get a client to do as well just to elaborate on this point cross your hands like this here like this all right, squeeze it nice and tight. All right, now open your hands and do it the other way. How weird does that feel? Yeah. Yeah, it feels really like unnatural compared to what you normally do, right? It's just a new movement. There's nothing unnatural about it. There's nothing wrong about it. It's just yeah. not the coordination that you're used to. And it's that same sensation when I say, oh, stand up straight, don't hold your ribs down, tuck your pelvis under, lengthen through your spine. You have to hold all these new sort of positions. Or like, oh, it feels a little unnatural, feels a little weird. Um, so like you, you, people are biased to their default motor patterns and stuff around and they'll like move around the problem. Like people are like bodies are really, really smart. And uh, when you do have like a mobility issue or a movement issue, you will learn to move around the issue. Uh, like one of the things Brian says, you'll make sure your toes are, po- are pointing forward, grab the floor with your feet, knees out, Joe, hips back and down. And then to do one squat, what happens? Like toes turn out, heels splay in because you know, your adductors are too tight and you don't have a uh, sufficient external rotation at the hip so what you do is you you move around the issue and it still gets the job done but that solution more than likely is going to be a short-term solution and not a long-term solution and it will limit you in the future like uh, there's a video of me doing um, a front squat i have a blue top on okay i'm doing a front squat and it's a mat like a maximum front squat at the time yeah, i was doing 120 kilos and one of the issues i have my hips aren't aren't completely symmetrical my right hip has far more external rotation than the left so when you see me at my maximal lifts that's where all my little faults and energy leaks come out when i go to drive there'll be a rotation of my torso because i'm relying on one side a little bit too much and the bar you know the whole my whole body rotates when i tried to do heavier than that the thing that stopped me from progressing there was there was too much rotation there was too, like too much and I couldn't stabilize for the life of me, like to try as hard as I could to not let that like um, imbalance come out. That was the thing that stopped me from doing it. So that's the thing that needs to be addressed for the next time. So I don't have that same uh, issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, that's what I was kind of point I was trying to make that kind of make sure that people that are trying to address these things that it really does pay dividends to say, have a second pair of eyes, have something that I can adjust to because otherwise you're just going to essentially reinforce a lot of these kind of negative movement patterns. And that's going to feel like, what I've done and made it worse, my internal rotation, then trying to build muscle on top of that. And then you're just, you're, 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 it's, it's, it's harder. But again, something I really like and was kind of really like bulb moment for me, like trying to le- understand mobility was, you know, it's strength in the end range of motions. That just kind of really made a lot of sense to me. It's just strength in the end range. So like I'm weak here, but when I put my shoulders back and down, 
there's a weakness here that lower traps are weak here in this kind of end range and they, that's why kind of it feels awkward or feels uncomfortable because it's just my muscle is crying because you know it doesn't have the strength to necessarily maintain my uh, my scapula in this position yeah um, but it's also, it's also quite motivating because it's like, okay, I just need to get a little bit stronger. And then how do we get stronger? Just put in the time, put in the reps. Whereas I feel like sometimes you feel like these are just our default positions or this is just how we are. And that, you know, it's a, it's maybe a, a bit of a fixed mindset that we can't can't improve it. And obviously my mind's improved a good bit over time, but there's definitely still some 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 work to be done on these shoulders. Um, but we'll, we'll but get there. And even things like reverse well, planking, things, I feel like are really good. Yeah, well, one of the things I would say for, for you specifically as well, it's not just shoulder mobility, it's thoracic mobility. Again, like mm-hmm. all of these stuff, like it's easy to isolate it and to make it like about this one thing, but it's it never really is. Like like the reason your shoulders could be around like this is because your hips are tight. <laughs> Do you have yeah. your, or your calves are tight? And because your calves are tight, it's basically pulling on your pelvis in a certain way and your hips are tight, so it pulls it in this way, which causes you, when you go to stand up tall, so you do stand up tall, but you crank on the back of your neck, the shoulders come forward, and then you maybe overarch the, the lumbar spine, but your T-spine is still rounded. And like with your with your case specifically, you've got a rounded T-spine um, from this here, and thoracic extension is not as strong as it, as it could be. And I think if you strengthened your thoracic extension, all these other issues would get a lot easier, like your shoulder mobility. So like you're doing everything from here, again, round your T-spine, you've got to press overhead, everything's like this here, but as soon as you get some thoracic extension you gotta press it's a lot easier because I, I like yeah. when i see you like effortless like it's not hard you're not fight, you're not fighting against the back of your shoulder or an impingement in your shoulder to get up it's free it's easy does that yeah. make sense and yeah. it, now if you do that once you come here you might reveal that your pecs are tight you know and then you know that there's wee nerve in here that goes up your arm you might start feeling pins and needles from holding it but like there's nothing all that sort of stuff where you feel like pins and needles and show a lack of blood flow like don't worry about it it's not a big deal yeah you're not going to die okay and then i want to move on to then do the next one to the the hips and the pelvis then we've got because we've got okay. 10 we've got 10 minutes left okay so uh the hips and the pelvis so your pelvis the way i want you i would like you to sort of visualize your your pelvis in this is kind of like your shoulder blades so the pelvis the pelvis needs to be set the same way your shoulder blades need to be set before you move anything else around it. Uh, a lot of people, because they have tight hip flexors, it basically, go, go back there to that picture. Uh, so in the front of the pelvis, uh, on the right there, um, you'll see that there's like a point on the top of it, in the front of it. Okay, so let me see, how can I explain this? Uh, so see the way um, on the top of the pelvis there where the little intersection is you see that where the cross is yeah 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 so see if you go like directly across here to your right where it's like pointy yeah there okay so let's say let's say your hip flexor is like is pulling down from that side to flip your pelvis and stick your butt out and pull the front of your pelvis down that's what tight hip flexors look like okay because that's tight you're basically stay, walking around with a duck arse the whole time thinking like completely unaware that your pelvis is in this position. And when you do that, it puts a lot of pressure on the lower back and it disinhibits the glutes. Your glutes don't switch on because your glutes are in you know, extension rather than uh, flexion or in, they're in full extension rather than in neutral. No, it's not full extension, but they're extended and they're overextended. And to get any hips, like let's say with kettlebell swings, the most common issue I see is that people, you know, if your back is sore from doing, your low back is sore from doing kettlebell swings, like 99% of the time, the reason the low back is getting sore is because your glutes aren't working and you're using your low back as a set of glutes, which 
so they're not designed for it to push your hips forward and then you're trying to stay up tall doing it and one of the issues that is or that issue there is solved very very quickly simply by tucking your tailbone under squeezing your glutes and making sure that the glutes are firing and you're pushing forward from not the top of your hips but like the bottom of your hips to where your femur your the top of your leg inserts into the hip does that make sense yeah so when you tuck the pelvis under you if you stand up right now and try and tuck your pelvis under you'll feel your glutes switch on and your pelvis should be in neutral and not in that sort of lower dotted curve now you don't want to overly tucked under as well because that'll create too much of a of a tuck and then you'll put pressure on the low back as well and you can't load up in that position you want it nice and neutral pelvis and neutral to where your glutes are on and you're not your pelvis isn't flipping unconsciously so and that's one of the things that you see a lot is that the pelvis flips unconsciously especially with people who are trying to stand up nice and tall so if you're standing up nice and tall and you feel pressure in your low back a lot of the time tuck your tailbone under and stretch out your lower back with a supine twist on both sides um so your pelvis is kind of like your shoulder your shoulder blades it needs to be set before you do anything else so make sure your pelvis is in neutral and then your hip it basically it flexes which is pulling your knee up towards your chest as you can see it extends which is getting your knee behind your body usually the lumbar uh, spine it flips when you try and extend it behind you so keep your tailbone tucked under and then it, get your knee behind you you'll feel that you have way less range of motion um are you zooming in there sorry apologies not sure i don't know why i've done that technical problem um, so yeah. anyway after that we've got abduction which is basically taking your knee to let's say it's your left knee uh, you're taking your knee um away from your body and if you're bringing your knee in across your body that's adduction okay so abduction again think to like abduct someone so you take it away from your center line and then adduction you pull it in towards your center line um, and then you've got internal and then external rotation as well so uh, all you have to do to improve your mobility there is train in those three different ways to help help it the best one for hip extension uh, i have found is the couch stretch uh, the couch stretch where your pelvis is tucked under and you're trying to extend that way uh, three sets in 90 seconds you will see a dramatic a dramatic improvement in your uh, hip mobility are you looking up the couch stretch yeah yeah boom perfect now the but there is a fault with this um not not in this picture here but the fault that in general happens is that the pelvis flips back like i was talking about earlier and then you can move around this thinking that you're great thinking that you're getting more um extension more than you are yeah uh, so then after that, we've also got external rotation. So one of the best things for training external rotation I found is the pigeon stretch or the elevated pigeon stretch specifically. So if you just search elevated pigeon stretch, you'll see people doing it on a box or even on a bench. And I find doing it on a bench is really, really helpful, especially for people who have pretty poor external rotation. And yeah, that's that's it there. So that would be, that. that's creme de la creme. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So like see the way the bench there you can set it at an incline so let's say you swapped legs you swapped legs so you can do it the other way i had the other leg up there and if it was poor you just stack that bench up a little bit more and then um, if you're doing it here you can do it on the bed yeah absolutely perfect i can't really see any there so again that's still really good um hip external rotation so what you can do when you're doing that one is you're trying to sit up nice and tall and then you try and get your back knee down as close to the ground as you can and get as far away from the front leg as you possibly can. 
and that will help you train your external rotation. And then what you can do as well is you can start loading it up. As, so when you're in that position, one leg is supporting you. Instead of using your hands to help support you, go completely body weight. And then after that, start adding weights into your hands or even down by your sides. And that helps uh, you get strong at your end range to the point where you can support your own body weight. And when you can do that, your hips feel way stronger and way more sturdy. Um, and then there's one, after that, we've got internal rotation. I find internal rotation is a lot harder uh, to train. It's a lot more uncomfortable. And I find one of the best ways to help develop it is to do this thing called a hip car or to do 90-90 rotations. Um, so the 90-90 rotations, you basically sit onto your butt and then you basically drop one knee in towards your center line. What is that? Why are we looking at cars? Hip cars. Oh, it's giving hip, us some, uh, giving us hip, some hip cars. Go hip, the hip, uh, hip and the crew. Yeah, there you go. Hip controlled articulated rotations. Okay, so the a car uh, stands for controlled articulated rotation, and all you're doing is bringing your hip through its full range of motion. That's all, all you're doing, and you're doing it when you get to the end range. You're trying to push past the end range to get a little bit further into it. Um. So yeah, hip cars are are really good for that. Especially see there, you're wearing the red t-shirt, top left. Uh, see for the top left there. So right now. When you bring your knee out to that side, the goal would be to keep your knee in that position and get your ankle up as high as you can. And you rotate. And when you do that, like it's one of the, like I remember, like I do this with someone and they'd start to be sweating immediately because these muscles have never been trained before. They're over exerting like mad and they don't have the coordination to make the nice and smooth. So the legs will be shaking and all that jazz too. Um, so internal rotation is really good. And then what you can do is you can pin your knee to the floor and you can get little like ankle weights as well. And you can start trying to, internally rotate that way and that gets real strong too another way to help train um abduction is to do seated butterflies one of the things that i've seen like a lot of success with is to do a seated butterfly that's where you have your feet together uh, let's see do we have any pictures here yeah okay so uh pick anyone that you have there all right so imagine that you're that lady there your feet are together now sit back against the wall and get two sets of really light dumbbells and put them on the edge of your knees and do three sets of 30 reps where you try and push your knees down with the weights. And then from that end range, push against the weights, try and drive your knees up to get strong at that end range. And you notice that by like the 90th rep or the last one, you're way further than you were uh, when, than when you started. And it's crazy how quickly these gains like come when you do it right. Cool. Uh, and then for adduction, one of the best things for adduction is to simply use a, you know, like a machine in the gym where you can train adduction, where you just close your knees together. You can get uh, some equipment online. You know, it kind of looks like an infinity loop, but it's just a wee hinge you put it between your knees. You try and close your knees and then open them and close and open them. Things like a, you can also, I think you can get a yoga wheel as well. A yoga wheel? I think that's what they're called. These looks no, 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 not them. No, no, no. but they're there. They're there. Oh, no, yeah, no, it's not them. Um, but they're kind of like that, but they're more bendy, obviously. They're like that, but they're kind of bendy. You get kind of, yes, yes, them. I know which one. Yeah, yeah, 100. Oh. I know exactly what you mean. There, yeah, I, can't, I can't think of the name. These are actually really good for a thoracic extension. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was going to say next. Uh, so and for rolling as well. Um, and from here, do see if you do have a yoga wheel, so cross your arms, lay back, and try and roll back and forth on it, and then do the same thing with your arms overhead, and uh, you'll have improved your overhead. A position but after after that with the hips so anytime you're organizing your body right you want to do it from the spine out so you stabilize your spine first here's how you stabilize your spine 
you stand tall, you knit your ribs and your abs together, you tuck your pelvis under and you draw your belly button in and squeeze your core, okay? And you try and hold a hollow body position. Then, once you have that, then you create external rotation, you create torque in the primary joints, which are your uh, shoulders and your hips. So the tailbone's tucked under, drive the knees out uh, as you grab the floor at your feet and then externally rotate your shoulder. And that'll make you nice and stable. Do that before you bench, before you squat, uh, before you deadlift, before you do pull-ups, before you do any sort of motion. If you want to create stability and strength, create torque in those joints and you'll be a lot stronger for it. Excellent. Amazing, 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 Chris. Yeah, no, honestly, so so important. One of these things is not the not the sexiest topic in the world. It's not fat loss or building muscle, but again, it really should be the foundation of everybody's movement practice. So I hope everybody got something valuable from this today. Again, if you want to ask some questions, especially if you're a client, you know, feel free to send in maybe some video footage, have a chat with Chris before or after the class, or as I said, you can always schedule a PT session as well. He'd be more than happy to help you. Again, Chris is definitely, I would consider him to be an expert in this area. Brandon is also pretty well-versed also. Um, so they would kind of be your best bet if you want to kind of work on your own mobility. But remember guys, mobility is a strength in the end range of motions. You have got the capacity to do all of these things. You just got to pay the beginner's tax, put in the time. And again, because it's not sexy, I personally neglect it. A lot of people neglect it. We'd rather train to get fitter, to get faster, to get stronger, to get leaner. Um, so it, it's a, sometimes it can feel like a slower pace or maybe more boring or more usually frustrating because it's not comfortable, it's not enjoyable. That's probably what I avoid it. Um, it's really, it's really not enjoyable when you're first starting out. Yeah. But what is really enjoyable is seeing the benefit. Like when you see, see if you squat and you squat and your squat sucks, you're only getting like to 90 degrees and you can't get any depth. And then all of a sudden you do a few drills and then you're squatting ass to grass and it's fluid and it's smooth. And you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. You're like, I'll squat loads more now. And yeah. once you have an experience like that, then you start to see the value in it and you start to see the benefits. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys, appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to us today. Uh, make sure to like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff, spread the good word. Uh, appreciate your time listening and we will see you again next week. Peace.